This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mujitani alongside Tom Schreier. Breaking down kind of what this Vikings lost to the Lions and the implications of that. Um, we've talked about the defense. We talked about the offense. Um, we've talked about Ed Donatel. Talked about pass catchers, the running game. Um, all of that in the first half hour of the show. Now kind of what it means. The Vikings, Tom, are 10-3. and three. They're the number two seed in the NFC. I thought heading into last week, there was no way they could lose the two seed because, well, at that point, the, the Niners were a game, two games behind them. They had just lost Jimmy Garoppolo. They're starting Brock Purdy, literally the last pick in the 2022 NFL draft. I get that he looked good against Miami two weeks ago. I did not think he was going to look good against Tampa last the, over the weekend. He did. Mm-hmm. They dominated 35 to seven, made Brady throw the, the tablet a couple of times on the sideline, frustrated him there. Brock Purdy, who we have to note, the teammates are calling Big Cock Brock. Uh, you know, that, yeah, we do have if, to discuss that. There's just not a better nickname in sports right now. <laughs> um, Big Cock Brock has the Niners at nine and four, nipping at the heels of the Vikings. Can the Vikings miss out on the two seed, Tom? Is, is that something that we should consider? Because the Niners, the rest of the way, they play the Seahawks, who just lost to the Panthers. They play the yeah. Commanders. That'll be a tough game. Then they close with the Raiders and then they and the Cardinals. Cardinals, who might be without Kyler Murray the rest of the year. That knee injury yesterday did not look good. Yeah, yeah. Is it possible that they slip up and they, they drop to three? So I, I always look at it like, how would, how would the other team beat the Vikings, right? And it's actually pretty simple. I'm not saying this is like a surefire formula, but... Indianapolis keep it close. Like at some point, yeah. the Vikings are tempting fate, and Indianapolis kind of does that. Um, New York would be out coach them. So like, so like Dayball figures out how to take away Jefferson for a game, um, and we know that like someone like you know, Tanny Dimes can can be effective against this defense. So, right. um, so you know that's that's an out coaching game. Uh, Green Bay is a bit of like. I'm starting to see, I, I know Vikings fans will hate this. I'm starting to see how they could be good next year. Like Rodgers is still Rodgers. Watson looks good. He's going to have chemistry with these young receivers. Um, and then you assume with a new defensive coordinator, that defense could be better. I don't know how much that affects this game. Other than that, like weird things happen in sports. You're going into Lambeau and that they're going to make that their Super Bowl, right? This is kind of what Dan Campbell did with the Lions. He's like beating the 10 win Vikings. We can beat anyone, This is, you know, whatever. And I think, you know, the Packers are going to try to stick it to the Vikings. And that's kind of dangerous for a team that, again, operates on the margin. And then Chicago is just like Chicago is always just a mess of a game. Like even the game the Vikings won on Monday Night Football last year, like literally it was like harmful to the football brand to like play a game like that like like it just it's it's it like if someone watched that as their first game they're like i'm never watching this sport again and those are games that again like they're going to kind of use the indianapolis formula like keep it close whatever um so again i'm not i actually i mean again i think they'll go three and one or four and oh given the, who the competition is but there is a blueprint for all these teams to beat the vikings and given that i mean i think a there's this risk that you give up the home field and you're going to want that as long as you can have it right i mean it's going to be imagine the storylines if the vikings get to the nfc championship and you go oh they're going into uh really? philadelphia <laughs> and they have an unexpectedly good record and like you know what i mean like all this stuff it's not quite the same as the keenum deal but like it's 
certainly there's going to be talk about it, especially because no the Vikings doubt. probably will need a miracle in, in the game before in order to get in. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like, I, I they do need to maintain the the two seed. They do, do need home field advantage. Also, I just think for the narrative of the season and just to feel good about kind of the beginning of the O'Connell era, he's done a lot. He, the, the Vikings have been unexpectedly good. But they've benefited from a, an easier schedule. Um, they've benefited from a, a weak NFC. And I think they need to win their first playoff game. I, and so make that first playoff game as easy as possible. And then obviously the team won't see it this way. But I think anything else is kind of gravy from there. Like they, we just know how good Dallas is, how good Philadelphia is. Go to back to Brock Purdy. Like I've, I have some friends who are Niners fans. One of them who's diehard, big time football guy. I texted him when Baker Mayfield came back, right? And it somehow won a game with the Rams who he'd played for for like two days. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, you want Mayfield now, right? Saying, you know, you could have claimed off waivers. And he goes, ah, I don't want any part of that guy. I believe in Brock Purdy. And it's like within the Niners system, Brock Purdy works. Also, Brock Purdy, if Mac Jones and Mike White can move on this defense, Brock Purdy can. And finally, like, although there's a blueprint that Philadelphia and Dallas created, even like an underdog team like Washington kind of created um, against Minnesota this year, like Kyle Shannon Shanahan knows how to beat the Vikings. It will be keep the ball out of their hands so Justin Jefferson can't beat you. Run the hell out of it right against this defense um, and, and and kind of the smash mouth football that we've seen affect the Vikings because Washington did, did it and Dallas did it and you know every other team that can execute it will. So um, so yeah, I mean it's a dangerous path I guess to um, the playoffs. So make it as easy as possible. These games still matter even though they're all games really the Vikings should win. Yeah. And if they, if they flip flop and if, if, if San Francisco drops to two or uh, jumps to two and the Vikings drop to three, uh, I don't know how much it really impacts your first week of the, of the playoffs matchup. You should win that game regardless of who it is, whether it be Washington, New York, Seattle, maybe even Detroit. Like if you're the Vikings and you want to be taken seriously, you should win that game. But that's assuming also that the Niners are going to win that game. And then would you rather play the Niners at U.S. Bank Stadium, or would you rather play them at Levi Stadium, where you got yeah. smashed two years ago? So the seating's important. Home home field advantage, like obviously, um, it's not a very profound statement. Like home field advantage is important. Everyone would agree with that. Um, so yeah, I think they need to lock it down in the final month of the regular season. Figure it out. I, I do think, like to, to counterpoint about the Niners, because um, I think the Vikings probably go three and one. Over the, over the final month of the regular season. I think there might be a slip up there, whether it be any of the, you know, the scenarios that you say playing out. Um, I think one of those might. Um, three and one, four and oh, maybe. Also could take into account, like, Brock Purdy works in that system, and I think that defense is so, so good um, that they could probably just roll the rest of the way. But is Brock Purdy impervious to, like, a stinker as, like, the literal last pick in the draft. Like, I think that's something that could be on the table too. Like Washington, super good front seven as the Vikings found out. Yeah. Like, there's a chance they could just wreck that game for Brock. Mm-hmm. Purdy. Like uh, Brock Purdy. It, it, it's, I, I talk about this with, with one of my friends who, who loves Tom Brady thinks he's mm-hmm. the goat. Obviously he is, but Tom Brady has created this like weird, like culture of, well, this quarterback went down and this quarterback's yeah. a late round pick. So yeah. this quarterback's going to be good because like the late round pick, you know, there's one Tom Brady ever. There will only be one Tom Brady ever. That yeah. story is so improbable. 
I, I think every time a late round pick takes over mid season, people will say, Oh, this could be the next Brady. Brock Purdy might be very good, but I, I think there's a chance he struggles at some point over the final month of the regular season. And essentially for, for the Niners to jump the, the Vikings, they'd have to win out. Um, yeah. I think if they don't, they, they, they can't really catch them. So I, I'm banking on the fact that at some point Brock Purdy is going to look like the literal last pick in the draft that he was. Yeah. I remember I just saw this cause I, for some reason watched a Raiders game um, and like, I saw Jared Stidham, who's their backup, yep. and I texted a friend of mine who's a huge Patriots fan, and he goes, he like believed in Stidham, like he he was like he's the next Brady, he's been in the Belichick system, or whatever. And I was like, it just doesn't work that way. You could have yeah. the most brilliant coach in the world. Like at some point, Tom Brady just was in a weird situation where he's splitting time in Michigan, and and there's all these factors that you would think like probably in the modern era would kind of get sussed out. I just think people have gotten smarter. It's not perfect, but I've gotten smarter about um, drafting players, but it's the same. It'd be like saying, well, cause Dylan and, and Diggs were like late picks. Like you don't need to draft a high receiver. And now that they need a receiver, they're probably gonna use a lot of draft cap on one. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think, I just, I think it's more, yeah, what we've been saying, like it's a good situation for Brock Purdy and he's just good enough to operate that. Um, the Niners are just a weird team. They're kind of a throwback, right? It's, it, I think they get injured a lot because they play the smash mouth football, but it kind of works for their defense. And it's a weird running back system. It's modern, but it's, it kind of just reminds me of like old school football teams that stop the run, um, run the ball effectively. So, you know, I don't know. It's more like he just is in the right situation rather than like Brock Purdy. He's probably going to be like Mike White, right? He'll look yeah. good at certain games, kind of get beaten other ones. And that's the nature of a, a player like Mike White, like Brock Purdy. For sure. But, but honestly, Vikings 10 and three, everything's in front of them. When we come back on Thursday for Thursday's episode, we'll break down the Indianapolis Colts. Tom kind of touched on on that game, how they're probably going to try and win. Um, they're going to try and keep it close. They're going to try and hope that the magic runs out on Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings and that they finally lose a one-score game. Because Sunday's game, because of that late field goal, kept the 9-0 and one-score game record intact. Um, that might not last forever. Um, more on that when we come back on Thursday's episode. Thanks for stopping by with us. For Tom Schreier, I'm Dane Mizutani. That's all we got today. We'll see you next time.